welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman. Full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts and a whole lot of oversharing. First and foremost, I'm alive. <laughs> if you listened to last week's episode, I may have been a tad dramatic about having a head cold. But in my defence, I did feel like I was knocking at death's door. And the thing is, with a head cold, is that you're clearly not going to die. But it feels horrible. Whereas if someone says to you, like, oh my God, are you right? Are you poorly? Or I can't make this meeting, whatever, because I don't feel very well. If you say I've got a cold, they're just like, that's ridiculous. Man up. Which I get, because I would be the same. But actually, you can feel really poorly. Anyway, the point is, is that I survived. I survived. And the reason I survived is because I went to a health spa, didn't I? (laughs) Honestly, she has a couple of sniffles and she's off. She's off to a health farm. I would like to point out that this is a health spa that um, you can be naughty at. Not like in a sexy way. Although I'm sure you can do that too. Um, But... I've been to a few different health spas with my mum and there are some that are like really healthy (laughs) which is probably the idea behind it right that you go and you cleanse and you eat lettuce leaves and you drink water with various fruits in them and you have massages and steams and take long walks and do yoga and that is that is swell for some people But when I want to go to a health spa, I want to do all those things. But I also want to drink alcohol and I also want to eat chocolate because for me, life is very much all about balance. So we've been to some health spas in the past that are far too on the healthy end of the seesaw. And then this one, very much in the middle. And we so we keep going back. Obviously, we take our own booze for the room. We're not idiots. Um, even though it's all included. <laughs> it's just the, just the ease of it. Um, and you get there and you drive up and you go in and it's in like this old, um, I suppose it was once a private home, like this really old um, country house hotel in the middle of nowhere. And everyone talks to you. Um, oh, welcome. Welcome, Mrs. Coleman. It's just so wonderful to have you here. Your robe and your slippers are in your bedroom. This is your key and the bell boy will take your bags to your room whilst you fill out this health questionnaire and uh, enjoy a complimentary juice that is green and has bits in it. Okay, enjoy your stay with us here, won't you? Hmm. There are quiet rooms that my mum and I can't go into (laughs) for obvious reasons. We are healthy, we are healthy, but we're also, we also do drink in the room before dinner and we drink at dinner and there's a cocktail bar. It's like the perfect health spa. So you can be really, really healthy, medium healthy or pissed as a newt. Either, either option, whatever suits you, whatever you want to get from this health spa. So we went, we had a lovely time. I had a massage by a man named David and I was booking in and I said to the receptionist, um, what have you got available? What treatments have you got available? And she said, would you mind being massaged by a man? And I instinctively went, no, God, no, of course not. And then I did think about it and I thought, is that weird? And then I thought, this is all in the space of about three and a half seconds. Then I thought, why is it weird? Because I I like someone to go deep. 
and hard. But I do. I don't like a soft touch massage. Um, so I thought, you know, my first thought was that fine. Then it was, is that fine? Then it was, it should be fine because everyone knows that men are physically so much superior to women. And so they'll really be able to get into my knots, you know, my disc bulge in my back. So then I thought, well, that should be better than a woman. Then I thought, if he's really attractive, will my mind wander? It's a classy place, so I know it's not going to end in a certain scenario. There's a massage place near where I live that has blacked out windows. And I need to find out if it's legit, but I don't want to ask because that could could appear offensive, couldn't it? Anyway, that's off topic. So I say to the receptionist, absolutely fine. And then I have all these thoughts and I think, I'm me, aren't I? I don't have a filter. So I just said, is he fit to the woman behind the counter? And she laughed and she was like, I couldn't possibly comment. But he's very good at his job. I was like, yeah, but is he fit? And <laughs> I did it in a way where she wouldn't have been able to tell if I was hopeful or um, discouraged that he might be physically attractive. Anyway, he turned the corner. Bless him, David. He's not a looker. You know, he's a, such a lovely man. But when I saw the belly before I saw the face and he's in his sort of 50s um, and lovely, lovely man. Just not a looker. Just not a looker. So I thought that's all right, isn't it? So I said, David, David, I'll come and see you tomorrow for my hot stone massage. I did point out I've not had a hot stone massage. I don't want any namby pamby bollocks. I don't want you to just put stones on me, call it a day, waft something in the sky and, you know, say a verse three times. I want proper deep, hard handiwork. <laughs> and, so, and so I did. I had a massage from David. It was wonderful. It was lovely. And I felt a lot better. And the steam helped my sinuses of my head cold, of course. We did aqua dance class, which was very entertaining um, when you're the youngest in the pool by at least 30 years. Um, there were steam rooms. There were saunas. There were jacuzzis. There were rooftop pools. A great thing about a jacuzzi is that one can break wind however many times you want because, of course, the bubbles, they disguise everything, don't they? So I may have stayed in there a little longer than my mum, but it was it was for her benefit, really, wasn't it? And I was being a lady about it. So we had a really lovely time. And then we came back and spent the weekend with my family who have only just recovered themselves from their illnesses. So, you know, all in all, we're great. We're really, really good to go. And, and now it's a new week, isn't it? It's a new week. We're into February. It's all very exciting. The month of love, the month of Valentine's, the month of my birthday. It's the 15th of February. It's the day after Valentine's. It's a very busy time for me. We are going to record a Valentine's themed episode with Al, Cousin Al. It makes him sound like Cousin It. He's much more attractive than Cousin It. Eh, he's attractive. And that's going to come out either next week or the week after. Probably next week, given that, you know, when you do a Valentine's themed episode, somewhat of a timeline on it, isn't there? So we'll, well, let's, for argument's sake, say that that's going to come out <laughs> next week. But I'm very, very excited because tomorrow I'm interviewing someone for the podcast and her episode is going to come out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, she's inspired my topic for today's episode. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but she's from America. She's from New York and she came on to me and she's like really impressive it's not like Beyonce I'll grant you that but she she's a celebrant um, based in New York and she calls herself the vow whisperer 
And that's sort of her niche is that she not only does she create and perform ceremonies, but she also coaches and helps create personalized vows and speeches and content. So that's her thing. And I am really I'm quite nervous, actually, to interview her tomorrow because, you know, she's from America. And I just think and she's got the most incredible voice. I followed her on Instagram for a while and her voice and her accent is so soothing. And it's just like, there's a twang, you know, and I just, oh, I could fall asleep. I won't fall asleep, I hope, on the interview with her. So I'm interviewing her tomorrow and that will be out in a, in a week or two's time, which I'm really excited about. And because I'm interviewing her tomorrow, that has inspired my topic for today. I, I'm going to try and do a helpful episode today, so bear with me. Um, I wanted to talk to you with my take on how to best write your own vows. So I've done some research and you know that's not like me. I like to just come off the cuff, don't I? But I've done a little research into this vow malarkey. When you have a celebrant ceremony, one of the most unique aspects to it, apart from the fact that you can have in it whatever you want, the content can be completely bespoken, it can be religious or non-religious or spiritual or it can be anything at all. But one of the beautiful things about that is that you can write your own vows. And... If I'm honest, I would say my couples, I would say less than 50% write their own vows completely from scratch. And I think there's a few reasons for that. I think that in England, English people by nature are a lot less openly vulnerable with their emotions. We're a lot less inclined to stand there and talk about how we feel and describe these strong um, memories and these strong emotions and thoughts and feelings and we, we, that's just in a lot of people's nature that's just not in our nature us Brits it's quite common in America because again and I'm really like speculating so I do apologize but more commonly American people so this is one thing I will ask Tanya tomorrow they're they're more open with their emotions and they're more um, able to express themselves out loud and publicly. Um, so I would say with my British couples, less than 50% want to write their own vows. Another reason for that, I think, because I always offer it, I always say to my couples, do you want to write your own vows? Quite often one will go, oh yeah, and you can see the other one like, oh shit, <laughs> I really don't want to do that. Um, and I do think it only works if you're both on the same page. But quite often, if it's a man and a woman getting married, I will say to my couples, do you want to write your own vows? And quite often it's, and I'm only speaking from my own experience, but it's it's the groom, if there is a groom, it is the groom who is the more reluctant party. And I think that there's a number of reasons for that, but I think quite often, and I say this to them in the, in our discovery calls, you're already writing a speech. You're already saying quite vulnerable stuff and you're already publicly declaring your love for someone and your thanks and appreciation to your friends and your family and all that jazz. You're already having to write that speech. And if you are not a huge fan of public speaking, if you don't find writing easy then it's quite a big ask to write not only a speech, but also vows. 
And you'd be amazed how many times when I explain this to my grooms, they're like, well, that's it. Like, I don't want to just repeat myself, like say the same things twice. I am going to do an episode on writing speeches because I think that speeches and vows are very different beasts, very different beasts. I had a DM, I put it in my RSVP section a couple of episodes ago from a guy asking about how he can make his vows funny or if his vows should indeed be funny. And I said in in my answer to him, I said, you know, I don't think that they should be. Like, they can be like a titter, (laughs) you know. Oh, sweet, isn't it sweet? But not like a ha ha ha, you know, because that's not what you want to hear about in the middle of the wedding ceremony. Keep the lols, keep the laugh out loud. That was, you know, on the cusp of rude or that was crossing the line or that was a bit naughty. Like that cheeky, really laughter, really laughter stuff. Keep that for the speech. That's not for the vows. I think the vows is really an opportunity to be vulnerable. So if you don't want to be vulnerable, to that level, at that time, in that moment, in front of those people, then don't. And you can't make your partner do it. If you want to do it and they don't want to do it, then tough tits, I'm afraid. That's the first lesson in marriage, compromise. And so you just have to accept that. So then my option B is to use standardised vows that I have, which I'll explain to you in a minute. Um, and I have three options of those, and then you can just pick one. So the majority of my couples will choose one of the standard vows, one of the options that I give them. Um, and then the other option is that you can customise those standard vows, or you can Google a vow, you can just find a vow, um, you can adapt and amend other vows. But I do think that when it comes to writing your own from scratch, it's a big ask. And there's quite a lot of little things, I think, that you should consider. So it goes without saying that in religious ceremonies, the vows are pretty bog standard. (laughs) We've seen them all in the movies. We've seen them all at church ceremonies. Um, They are as you would expect. And to be honest, it's one of the things that I think people most are most familiar with when it comes to um, a church service, because it's what they have seen before. And it's what they understand. And it's almost the bit where they're like, okay, this is it now. This is the serious bit. Um, And so nine times out of 10, if not every time, um, the Church of England, anyway, the Church of England wedding vows will stay the same, and they will always be the same. And it's really just a case of insert name here. So you don't have that option. The vows when you get married in a church are, and I'm just, I'm going to do these vows like I'm marrying someone myself, okay? I, Olivia Isabel Sargent, that was my maiden name, take you, Hugh Jackman, to be my husband, to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death us do part, according to God's holy law, in the presence of God, I make this vow. I mean, it's sweet, isn't it? But there's an awful lot of stuff going on there that you have to promise. For better, for worse, yeah, okay. 
For richer or for poorer, I take uppence with. I just don't think that's realistic, if I'm honest. In sickness and in health, the person who wrote these vows, is it God? I don't know. Did he have someone who did it? He had a lot of disciples. He had a PA or something. Whoever wrote these vows obviously was not married to a man who had suffered man flu because then they would not put in sickness and in health in these vows. Because quite honestly, (laughs) having just gone through the last two weeks of James not being very well, bless him, like I questioned it. I questioned my marriage because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't hear about it one more time. He had a chest infection. He was really, really poorly. I sound like a bitch. I know. But if I heard the phrase, it's like a rhino, like a rhino on my chest. One more time, I swear to God, I was going to be that rhino on his chest. I was going to sit on his chest, not in a sexy way, in a rhino way. So my point here is, is that for richer, for poorer and sickness and in health, I get rid of that straight off the bat. <laughs> so those are your standard Church of England vows. And I, I don't, as far as I'm aware, I might be wrong, but as far as I'm aware, that is what they are and you can't change them. When you get married with a civil ceremony, you, again, are given specific vows. And I think that you can say your own as well, but it's you have to say the standardised vows. You have to, because that's part of the legality of it all. So you would be saying two sets of vows, which I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's just a bit overkill, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um Whereas with a, a celebrant ceremony, which is really the only ceremony we care about on this podcast, you can you can say and do whatever you want. So the standardised vows that I give my couples for them to choose from, I give them three options because I do, like I say, people can Google them. Like you, there's a world of, of possibility out there. I don't want to overwhelm you. So I have three options that I give my couples and I refer to them as the traditional I do, the traditional we do and the modern option so traditional i do is do you olivia coleman take the ryan reynolds to be your husband will you love honor comfort and cherish them from this day forward forsaking all others for as long as you both shall live i say i do and then we flip it around so that ryan says i do so that those are the traditional i do's And those are the most popular options that people go for. Do you know what? It's short, it's simple. I think the words in it, like love, honour, comfort and cherish them. I think those are words that have a certain sort of gravitas that you might not use in everyday life. Like if my husband was like, I feel poorly. I'd be like, oh my darling, I will honour you this evening. That sounds sexual. (laughs) I don't do that unless it's Christmas. But like cherish, you probably wouldn't use cherish every day. Like, I think the wording used and the way that I deliver it gives it a certain sense of gravitas. And it's a familiarity that people understand. So they're like, okay, these are the vows. Gotcha. Also, it gives the two people getting married a chance to say, I do. And I find that sometimes when you write your own vows, you don't get to say, I do. And to say, I do is quite important to some people quite a big part of the wedding that they've they've always especially if people have dreamt of getting married all their lives and they've watched all the movies and stuff like they just want to say I do so those are the traditional I do's and then we have what I call the traditional we do's for example Olivia and Chris Hemsworth do you pledge to each other 
to be loving friends and partners in marriage, to talk and to listen, to trust and appreciate one another, to respect and cherish each other's uniqueness and to support, comfort and strengthen each other through life. We do. So that would be myself and Chris Hemsworth saying it at the same time. We do. That, I think, is also really lovely. The only difference with that, I think, in terms of the emotion during the vows is that you say we do rather than I do. Um, which some people prefer. So it, it's such a personal thing. And then the modern option I give people, you they don't the couple don't say anything. <laughs> it's not up to them. So I stand there and I say, may you promise to share hopes, thoughts and dreams as you build your lives together. May your lives be ever intertwined. May you build a home that is full of compassion and respect for each other and your friends. May your home be forever filled with peace, happiness and love. And that is quite lovely. What I have done before with that one, because a lot of people like the idea of may you build a home. Um, they like the idea of sharing hopes, thoughts and dreams. What I can do and have done with that one is that I've said that vow, but I've customized it ever so slightly so that you can say I do at the end or you can say we do at the end because that's the beauty of it that is the beauty of celebrant ceremonies that you can change things and mix things up and so I can change it a little bit here and there so that you have the opportunity to say I do or I can sort of say Olivia um, do you promise to share Chris's hopes thoughts and dreams as you build your lives together and at the end, I would say, Olivia, is this your vow? Or Olivia, do you vow to uphold this promise? I do. So I can, that was totally off the cuff. I'm very professional. So you, you can, you can customise it. And you can take bits away and add bits in. And the word obey is old school. I don't have it in there. You'll notice I also don't have in sickness and in health or for richer or for poorer in there either. <laughs> There was something about a body. I feel like when I got married to my real husband, that there was something about loving his body. There was something physical in there because we laughed. And I think it was it was something about honouring the body. And obviously, I'm filthy, um, even, in, even in a church. So that made me wink. Um, wink. That was that word. Wink. So... Those are the three options that I give my couples that they quite often will choose or they will customise. And then I suppose the third option is writing your vows from scratch. Once you've decided to write your vows from scratch and you both agree on it, I think that it's something that you should kind of do together. Controversial, I know. I don't think that you should tell each other your vows. I think that should be a surprise. But I think that you the most important thing straight off the bat, if you're even considering writing your own vows, is to get on the same page, not literally, to have two different pieces of paper, um, but sit down together. And I encourage everything to happen alongside a glass of wine. Sit down of an evening, light a candle, put some music on, have a laugh, have a drink and say, right, let's try it. Because also that's the other thing. 
is that you can say to me, anyway, I don't know about other celebrants, but you could say to me, we're going to write our own vows. And then you can try and try and try. And then the ne- the day before the wedding, you just go, no, do you know what? I just don't want to. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel able to it. I don't want to do it. It's too vulnerable. It's too much. I'll cry too much. That's another thing as well. People get really nervous that they'll cry too much. So literally, you could tell me that an hour before the ceremony. I go, yeah, fine. And we'll just go back to one of the standard vows. So that's, you know, there's no harm in trying to write your own vows. Because also, at the end of the day, if it doesn't go to plan, then you can just write that shit in the card you give them. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, no emotion goes to waste. So I think you'd sit down, have a glass of wine or a beer or whatever, and you need to discuss certain things before you even start writing. I would discuss length. Discuss how long you want it to be. (laughs) Because you don't want one of them wanting something very long and one of them wanting something very short. You know, the length needs to marry up. Oh, little little wedding pun for you there. Do you want it to be 30 seconds or 10 minutes? My recommendation, right, when you speak the words should be no more than three minutes. And that is max. Always, always less is more. And if you are nervous about it, again, keep it short and sweet. You don't have to go into every detail. You don't have to talk about every single memory and every single emotion. I mean, that's what I think people find the hardest, actually, when they write their own vows, is that there's so much. By that point, you're getting married to them. You love them. There's going to be things that you feel, I hope, about them. And it's like, oh, how the hell do I sum that up how how do I get you know one two ten twenty years of love and heartache and relationship and passion and hate and want and desire and how do I get all of that into like a three minute vow like that's really hard it's overwhelming so I think first and foremost you want to make sure that you both are on the same page with the length of your vows and also the style of your vows so do you want them to be super, super soppy and vulnerable? Do you want them to be, and when I say funny, like I said earlier, not ha 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 ha, but like, oh, that's nice. That's funny. You know, do you want them to be a little bit silly? Do you want them to be completely and utterly just about you two? You don't want it to be like, sometimes my couples will say, you know, they'll talk about their story. So not only do you want to talk about the length of the vows and the style of the vows, but you want to talk about the structure of the vows. So I would say 50% of my couples who write their vows from scratch, they don't start with an opening phrase. They won't start with, Olivia, these are my vows to you today. They will start with, when I met you 10 years ago, Olivia and I looked into your beautiful eyes and I avoided your giant nose and then went down to your wonderfully full and totally natural lips I knew I'd found the woman that I was meant to marry and we've been through this and we've been through that and we've traveled the world and we've bought a house and we've got a dog and we've argued and we've fought and we've made love and we've actually don't, don't mention sex on your vows but So they'll start with a story. They'll almost sort of do a paragraph of two of their story. And then they'll finish that with something like, and so this is what I vow to you today. I think that's really important that you have a similar structure. 
So if you decide that you want to start with a little story and then go into the vows or the promises, they can be called promises as well. Some people find the word vow quite like assertive. I don't know, quite aggressive. (laughs) This is my vow. I vow to you, squire. (laughs) There's promises like, do you know what I promise? That's nice, isn't it? Pinky promise. When it comes to adding humour into it, and I think that's really lovely, actually, if it's done in the right way. And I think that it needs to be personal. This is actually one of my top tips. I'm throwing it out there willy-nilly. With your speech, you need to entertain the crowd and you need to... Don't do any in-jokes in your speech. No one gives a shit about something that just you and they lived through 10 years ago. We don't care. We weren't there, right? But in your vows... I feel like your vows could be all in jokes. Literally, you are not writing these vows, even though there are people watching and listening, you are not writing these vows for anyone except the person that you're looking at, the person that you're reading them to. So you don't have to stand there and say generic stuff. I love you more than the sun. I honestly don't think, I think I'd laugh if I heard someone say that during one of my ceremonies. I love it when people say things like, when they make their promises and they're like, you know, I promise to protect you. I promise to be the one that gets up out of bed in the cold because we left the landing light on. I promise to spend the rest of my life making you your cup of tea in the morning. And I promise to be the person that you come home to, that you feel able to open up to. I promise to be the person who will support you and encourage you for the rest of your life. I just made that up. (laughs) That's free. Normally I charge for that shit, but you just got that shit for free, didn't you? I think there's a really fine balance between comedy and vulnerability. But regardless of those two, what is really important is that it is totally personal it doesn't matter if people don't get the joke it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you use a nickname that no one knows about it's just you two that's fine that's good this is a vow for just you two people no one else no one else needs to get it no one sometimes when people say to me do I need a microphone and I'll say to them I don't need a microphone because I'm a gobby cow you might want one for the readers and then they'll say to me what about the vows people won't hear the vows And I said, if that's important to you, absolutely. But to be honest, traditionally, the most important people are sat at the front. And so if Aunt Sal's cousin out the back can't hear what you're saying to each other, does it matter, really? Um, Because it's a really personal moment. It's only you two that should hear it. And me, because I'm stood right next to you, (laughs) crying, probably. Um, So it's important that you understand the brief and the brief is is that you are you are making a promise to the, this person at this time it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or what they hear or what they understand or what they relate to it doesn't matter you are just writing it for this person i think if you do want to add a little bit of um laughter a little bit of i should say rather than comedy like lightheartedness if you want to add that in i think it's important to understand that again you know, there's things like you can say, I promise to always open the pickle jar. Um, but then you're not going to say, I promise to always open the pickle jar because you have really weak wrists. 
um, you know, which is unfortunate given the amount of handies. Like, it, that's too far. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a speech. That's not a vow. You've got to know the lines. So this is when I say to all my couples who write their own vows, please send them to me. Please send them to me. Send them to me. Send them to anyone. Send them to someone because you might think something and it's not okay. Also, if my couple send, both send me their copies of their vows, I can make sure that they do kind of work together. They're on the same level. They're on the same wavelength. Um, because, you know, again, like if someone said something really serious and beautiful and emotional and then the other person's just taken the piss, like that's not okay. And that would be mortifying. And I'm in a position to say, okay, this isn't going to work. Let's, let's work around it. Let's rearrange. Let's r review the vow. Um, but also... I think it's really important that you understand when you send me your vows, you understand that I will help, but also because it is so personal, I find it very hard to criticise. I mean, if I'm honest, nine times out of ten, when people send me the vows, because obviously they're also going to be slightly different on paper than they are on the day, but when people send me their vows, nine times out of ten, grammatically average, um, <laughs> they're not like... I could do better, obviously. That's, I'm a professional. That's what I'm paid to do. But it doesn't matter because it's, it. like I say, it's not for anyone else. It's not for me. It's for you. So if that's what you want to say, as long as it's I deem it acceptable and not offensive or like rude and both of the vows work together, then that's you go to town. You say whatever you want to say because it's your opportunity to do that and to be that vulnerable and to be that open. It's not my place to say that shit, even if I think it. But also that is what I'm paid to do. But then you see, when I write my ceremonies and I send them to my couples so that they can say yes or no or take that out or add that bit or, or you didn't include that story. We really want that story in there. Or actually, I didn't know he told you that so you can take that out of there. You know, I'm a professional. This is what I do for a living. And I still send my work to other people to check. Essentially, that's what I'm doing. So what's the harm in doing that? to me what's the harm in sending your work to me to check you know I think you can't just write bloody hell JK Rowling didn't write a 17th Harry Potter novel and just write it and click send there you go done but you know it's, people write books and there's months and months and months of, of going over it and over it and overing it changing bits and pieces so it's completely normal to make changes and to have it evolve and to have it develop I just think it's so important that it's honest and open and vulnerable but you are careful with what you say and how you say it and that's what I'm here to do is that's what I'm here to help you do that I'm reminded of um my 18th birthday party it fell it was one of those weird family things where like all these different celebrations fell in the same year so it was my 18th my brother's 21st my dad's 50th no that can't be how old am I maybe um, and their 25th wedding anniversary and it was all in the same year so we had this huge grand party for everyone um, that summer and everyone had someone do a speech for them and I had my friend Io do a speech for me and I've never forgotten it bless his heart he meant well <laughs> he meant well but he stood up in front of 150 people that I knew and basically was like you know, Liv is so wonderful and we love her so much. And 
she's just been such a hero, you know, getting through this year. And everyone's like, what was he talking about? He was like, you know, the difficulties that she's faced and the bullying that she's come under. And she's just, you know, even though there's been times where she's felt so lonely and so unloved and unappreciated and down and Jesus. All right, Io, chill out. Like not everyone here knew that I was being bullied and that's not that's not appropriate. I've never forgotten it. And his point, bless his heart, his point was that he was sort of celebrating my strength and my resilience and and and, and telling the world that everyone who's there loves me and supports me and not those bitches or whatever. But it wasn't it wasn't the right place or time and it wasn't executed in the right way. And so actually it just mortified me. I was so embarrassed and it was awkward. I think he now does public speaking for a living. <laughs> so He definitely doesn't listen to this podcast. I hope not anyway. So, I mean, I, you know, he's a wonderful person and he meant well, but that is just, I'm always reminded of that. It's so important to know your audience and to know what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. Something I'd like to do is, I did a little recon and I was looking into uh, like famous um, wedding vows from the movies. Oh my God, I must tell you. Some of these, it's like professional people have written them. (laughs) Monica and Chandler from Friends, which actually when I read it made me cry because obviously uh, Matthew Perry is no longer with us. And if you are a millennial like me, you grew up with friends. So they are your friends. Um, And Monica writes her vows. For so long, I wondered if I would ever find my prince, my soulmate. Then three years ago, at another wedding, I turned to a friend for comfort. And instead, I found everything that I'd ever been looking for my whole life. And now here we are with our future before us and I only want to spend it with you, my prince, my soulmate, my friend. And then Chandler says, I thought this was going to be the most difficult thing I ever had to do. But when I saw you walking down the aisle, I realised how simple it is. I love you. You are the person I was meant to spend the rest of my life with. Oh, don't you die. Do you remember Boy Meets World? <laughs> That's really showing my age now. Boy Meets World was, I, I must have been quite young, but it was um like a teenage American sitcom. Corey, Corey and Topanga. Topanga, what a name. What a name. And it's, it's the vows. I'm just reading, the vows are gorgeous. I can't deal with their names, Corey and Topanga. But anyway. So Topanga's vow to Corey is, I wasn't sure this day would ever come, but you were. I wasn't sure that love could survive everything we put it through, but you were. You were always strong and always sure. And now I know I want you to stand beside me for the rest of my life. That's what I am sure of. Is so good. <laughs> and then obviously Grey's and Grey's Anatomy, Meredith and Derek. They write um, their vows on a post-it note. I don't know what happens. Some trauma or something. I can't remember. But they 
they don't end up get making their wedding day, so they just quickly write their vows in a post-it note and stick it in the locker. And on it, David writes, these are our vows. And he says, to love each other, even when we hate each other, no running, ever. Nobody walks out, no matter what happens. Take care when old, senile, and smelly. And this is forever. <laughs> so I feel like that's a little bit too silly for me. I would want mine to be a bit more serious. Um, then, of course, <laughs> if you want serious, you've got One Tree Hill. I'm really, I'm I'm showing my age and I apologise in advance. So Haley and Nathan, oh, Haley and Nate. I mean, they ended up divorced, but you know, whatever. At the time, Haley writes, Nathan, it has been said that there's one word that will free us from the weight and pain of life. And that word is love. And I believe that. That doesn't mean that it hasn't been hard or that it won't be. It just means that I have found a stillness and a bravery in myself with you. You make me brave and I will love you until the end of time. This I vow today. She talks like that, right? They were like 15 when they got married. What heartache and pain and weight of life has been <laughs> downing and down on you, Hayley? Oh, it's so good though. And this I vowed today. That's something I really liked actually. And something I touched on earlier is that if you do decide to do a story rather than like bullet points, rather than like Chris Hemsworth, here are my vows for you today on our wedding day. I vow to, or these are my promises I would like to share. I promise to. Rather than doing a sort of a bullet point kind of format if you do want to do a story first I do think it's really nice to conclude and that you both say the same thing so she said that whole bit and then at the end she said this I vow today and when he did his bit he did a story and then he says this I vow to you today so they finished with the same line which I think is really nice actually um and then what is it I'm just finding the other one there's I mean there's so many and they're just all gorgeous someone one of my couples wanted to um write her own vows purely because of the film the vow <laughs> um and she wanted to marry channing tatum don't we all darling don't we all oh no this is a nice one from glee <laughs> i love glee um and bert bert who's the father of kurt says you know when saying sorry he doesn't say that he says you know that saying when god closes a door he opens a window well, sometimes out of nowhere, he'll do you one better and he'll kick a whole wall down. He grabbed me by the shoulders and he pointed me toward this woman right here. And he said, there she is. You go and you get her. You are everything, Carol. Words can't describe you. You're everything. And I will love you to the day I die. See, that's just, that's all you need. You just need something short and sweet and you don't, it doesn't need to be doesn't need to go on and on, you know, like it's, you, you have an opportunity in your speech to be funny and you have an opportunity on the day to write all these wonderful things in a card. This should be short and sweet. This should be personal um, and honest and vulnerable. Oh, I've just found the ones from the vow that my bride wanted to say about Paige and Leah. Paige. I vow to help you love life, to always hold you with tenderness and to have the patience that love demands. To speak when words are needed 
and to share the silence when not. To agree to disagree on red velvet cake and to live within the warmth of your heart and always call it home. See, that's perfect because it's it's personal, it's lovely, it's romantic, it's sweet, but also there's a little bit to agree to disagree on red velvet cake. Like, what? What are you talking about? It doesn't matter because it's cute. And then he says, I vow to fiercely love you in all of your forms now and forever. I promise to never forget that this is a once in a lifetime love. And to always know in the deepest part of my soul that no matter what challenges might carry us apart, we will always find our way back to each other. Oh, Channing Tatum. If you could find your way back to me, that would be so well. <laughs> oh, it's so gorgeous, isn't it? The, the thing to consider as well, lastly, before I bore you to death, is that with a celebrant ceremony, I'm telling your story. I've sent you questions. I've asked what you love about each other. I've asked what drives you mad about each other. I've even asked if you could make three promises, what would they be? So the vulnerability and the honest openness and the emotions, the personal memories and thoughts and feelings, I will share them. I think sometimes people are put off by vows because they feel insecure, they don't like public speaking and they don't want that that raw vulnerability of standing there and saying their words from their mouth in front of all these people. Like that is, that is hardcore. I will say it for you. I will tell your story. So you might not want to stand there and say, do you know what? I love listening to her singing in the shower. I just love it. It just makes my day. I just wake up and I'm lying in bed and I hear her singing and it makes me smile. You might not want to say that because your lads be like, all right, all right, whatever. But I can say that. I can say you've told me that. So what you want to be said can be said by your celebrant. It doesn't have to come directly from you. And you can say that to me. You can say to me, I really want people to know, actually, that I am obsessed with her eyes. I want people to know that she does this really cute thing when she falls asleep and she sort of makes this funny noise and it's really sweet and lovely and vulnerable and I have to wait to hear that noise before I can fall asleep because now I know she's asleep and she's safe and I've got her and she's safe with me. Like, that's magical. I can say that for you. You don't have to say that. It, if you want it to be said, it, it will be said. But it doesn't have to have the added vulnerability of you saying it yourself. That's why you have a celebrant ceremony because they're the absolute fucking best decision you will ever, ever make. And if you write your own vows... Don't make them dirty or filthy or horrible. Like, this is the one time where even I <laughs> will tell you that you need to behave yourself. Okay, keep the filth for the speeches, you old monsters. <laughs> I hope that's helped. I hope I've inspired you to write your own vows. Um, like I say, I will, even if I'm not actually marrying you, I will still help with your vows and hopefully we'll get an even more of an insight into writing your own vows when I do this interview with uh, my my American friend Tanya tomorrow this week's RSVP has come from Al who I assume is an Alice or an Alison Alison um I assume it's a woman um because there's a, a woman in the picture <laughs> she writes Dear Olivia, love your podcast. Thank you so much. Keep it coming. I hope this makes the RSVP section. It has, Alice. It has. Alice, Alison, it has. 
she says, do you have any top tips for couples on a budget who still want to have a memorable and entertaining wedding? Thanks so much, Al. First of all, I'm concerned about the word entertaining. I just think food, booze, music is entertainment in itself. You know how I feel about forced entertainment in life, especially at weddings. I'm against it, unless it's Aaron, the event illustrator from a previous podcast episode. My First and foremost, if you're on a budget, don't worry too much about entertaining. And in terms of it being memorable, if your guests won't look back fondly on your wedding and have great memories from your wedding, they shouldn't be there, like regardless of how much you spend. I don't look back. My favourite weddings that I look back on with fondness aren't ones that were particularly um, elaborate or expensive or indulgent. They were like, there were lovely things. And also the best memories from weddings aren't like, oh my God, she had a Ferris wheel in the garden. How cool. They're like, oh my God, do you remember when he wrote his own vows? How lovely was that? Or God, do you remember their first dance? Wasn't it beautiful? Oh my God, do you remember her dress? Or do you remember his tie matched his tie? Like it's the little things that you can't orchestrate that make for the most memories, I think. So don't worry about it being memorable, whether you're on a budget or not. In terms of entertaining, I think that there are certain things that you need to figure out. I always say this when it comes to budget, like you have to prioritise. You have to have a discussion together and work out where your priorities are going to lie and where your money is going to go, where the budget's going to go. If you're hugely into music and <clears throat> and having live music is really important to you, then that's fine. You might not be able to afford a whole band. So inquire about um, an acoustic guitarist or a pianist. If you are you want it to be entertaining and you've got lots of kids, then there's things you can do. You know, instead of sp- spending £500 on a nanny, then you can bring in um, sort of makeshift Uh, entertainment boxes for them and you can bring in toys from home or your friends can like there's so much that you can do using your friends and your family uh, as uh, to help basically to make it personal to make it memorable but I think budget or no budget like everyone has a budget and if they don't they're stupid (laughs) I will say that because I'm cheap don't let it worry you don't let it bog you down because if people are there with the right intentions then your wedding will be entertaining and it will be memorable because they love you and you're getting married. I hope that helps my darling and I will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean the world. If you find this podcast even remotely helpful or moderately entertaining, share with all your friends and family. You can DM me any questions, queries, if you want to share any stories on the podcast Instagram at I'll Marry You Podcast. Get in touch. I want to hear all your tall tales. See you soon. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee.